Weekend Mornings with Glenn Van Zutphen. Replay from Money FM 89.3. Weekend mornings with Glenn Van Zutphen on Money FM 89.3. We like taking it easy on Saturday mornings here on Money FM 89.3. And jazz is one of those things that put us in the mood, right, Neil? Absolutely. We're here with Chromosome with a Z with the legendary Christy Smith, double bass, Rick Smith, the band leader and guitarist, and the soon to be departing. Not in a literal sense. He's, he's only going. <laughs> back to the US the Eddie Layman I'm the, not dead I just smell yeah. funny yeah, that's right Yeah, Eddie Layman the drummer <laughs> now these guys have been playing on and off together for the best part of 25 years so my first question is to you guys how has the jazz scene changed in Singapore would you say um, it's growing but it was based on the fact that we had a, a big surge in the music being presented mm. and one of the focal points or venues was Harry's at the time and so right. we worked there so we were able to establish a nice place where musicians could grow and nurture yeah well i remember rick at the time harry's was the place wasn't it for, yes. for the jazz scene that was the place to go at bow key well it was uh location 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 yeah it was exactly the right spot in the 90s it was the darling of the tourist promotion board mm. and uh, they really promoted boat key in uh, 94 95 we were the singapore night spot of the year that's right and it was new year's eve and those years was just unbelievable down on boat key then the focus kind of shifted to other parts of singapore you know the clark key and mm. and different kind of things but in the 90s it, that was really the thing so it it really blew up. And, you know, all three of us are involved in education. And I think for myself, the biggest difference between now and maybe 20 years ago is that there's a real educational component for music in Singapore now that has yes. really right. developed as a result of a lot of people, you know, not only just the jazz scene, but music in the schools, people at the uh, NAC and mm. the NIE and stuff like that have really uh, sort of promoted that. Now, what we need is more places for these kids to play. Well, it's very interesting. We, <laughs> it's very interesting you say that yeah, because back people... back then we had, it was more venues. Right, more venues back then. Yes. Really? In terms of just jazz or... Well, they, small they, venues generally. Uh, well, they had jazz venues in, right. in most of the hotels from the region. Right. Mandarin Oriental Captain's Bar on the other Mandarin, uh, the Western Hotel. Yep. At that time, it was the Western. It's Fairmount now. But I'm interested in what your guys were saying about education because, you know, people will be listening to this now and, you know, you've lived in Singapore a long time, you know, this thing between arts and study and this idea that somehow the two have to be separated. Well, you guys seem to well, be saying, we well, you grass, don't, do you? You we put were, the two together. We were right there mm. on the grassroots level before they had so-called jazz education in the schools. Yeah. So by having the jam session, the young musicians could come down and actually see what we were doing, mm. be a part of it, hone in on their musical abilities, use the stage as a to have their performance level ascend. Yeah. And it's about sharing. Right. And that's where it all starts. But I'm interested in what you were saying there about 
how it's being more incorporated into yes. the education scene. Yes. What, what has happened since you've been here to change that so that now jazz and music generally is a much more integral part of the, of the school curriculum, if you like? Well, I'll, yeah. tell, I'll tell you one thing, just to let you know. Not only students were coming in, but uh, the teachers were coming in to our jam sessions. That's how wow. we got. We were teaching at United. I've been teaching at United World College. I know these guys have for years. That was the first school I really started teaching at. And the reason we got that was because the teachers at United World College were coming in and sitting in at our jam session Fantastic. and said, "Hey, you want to teach?" Brilliant. So we were not only pushing the students, but also pushing the teachers, which got us work to help the students. Right? So, yeah. Would that be the same for you? <laughs> Well, yeah, I've been at United World College for 25 years or more. Anyway, uh, yeah, my kids grew up here, and they went through the Singapore education system. And in the schools in the 90s, there really wasn't so much programs for music in elementary school, primary school, and that sort of things. And through the efforts of a lot of local people, that's really changed now. They have, like, much more band programs and We saw that, for example, I was the band leader of the NUS Jazz Band from, like, for 11 years, from 95 till 2006. And uh, they would pressure me to bring up the level of the band. You know, I said, well, if you want to do that, you need to, because when people get here, there's only so much you can do in one year. Yeah, of course. But they have to have a greater level when they come in. So we were reaching out with programs to the secondary schools and exposing everybody to jazz and that kind of thing with those programs, uh, arts education programs. And uh, that's really shown fruit. So now we've got a crop of just incredible young players now. That's great. And it's starting to develop a little bit of community. Mm. But, you know, the pressure of life is really different now in Singapore. And so what we really need is, and I think we're seeing a sort of groundswell of this, of community support for creative music. There has to be a little bit of confidence in in that. One thing that happened is... um, you know, in the 90s and stuff, they kind of glorify us as foreign musicians, you know. Yeah. It wasn't necessarily we wanted that, but in some ways they would, like, sort of devalue themselves as yeah. as players, that we had great players from here. So, you know, it was not Sweet. justified. But now, you know, is that's really changed. We've got incredible local players that are international We've standard. actually had a chance to watch generations, a few generations grow yeah. up and be the leaders and are leading some of the way in the jazz education right. and music education in Singapore now, some of which have came through Harry's, our so-called institution yeah, of, course. of sharing this music. So if I was a, if I was a, you know, a Singaporean parent listening to this right now in my car and I've got a daughter or a son who wants to pursue a musical career or even possibly a jazz career, what would you, your guys' advice be to them? What path should they take? You definitely need to have the educational and academic component to it, mm. which was not possible maybe 20 years ago. Right. So now you can have a master's or a PhD in jazz studies and you can have a legitimate career in education and performing. What we need is more opportunities for performance. And for that, I think it's going to take 
more support from the community and also a little more support from the government. Of course. Yeah, I th- that's one thing I was going to say. I'm going to say it too because I'm getting out of here and they can't. <laughs> but in a sense. <laughs> We're that, not. No, so yeah, be yeah. careful. No, no, yeah. no. Well, no. But I mean, I, I think I, I think the government, yeah, I think the government need, and this is what I think, they need to take some pressure off of the clubs because clubs are closing because they don't have they're, it's too, they're putting too much pressure on them and too many stipulations. They can't keep the clubs open mm. because, and also they they're putting they're they're also putting too many stipulations on opening new clubs. It's too hard to get licensing and stuff. Right. So, and with all the great local musicians that are coming out, there's a zillion of them that play really really well, yeah. but they have no place to play. Right. So the government needs to loosen up a bit and maybe think about doing something that is going to because there's a lot of young great players and this is the perfect chance for Singapore to branch out and really get out. I mean, the kids are already out doing all kinds of stuff in the world. I mean, in the in the music world. Yeah, right I, see, I see more young players than at any other time. I've lived this since 1996. I see more young Singaporean players, not just jazz, but all forms of music yeah. than ever before. I mean, that, for guys who've been here for almost three decades, that must be a positive legacy for you guys, right? It's oh, incredible. Yeah. It's, it's You're still looking at three seconds. <laughs> All right, so we've got to wrap this thing up. You've been here almost three decades. What has been your personal performing highlights in Singapore as a band? If you had to pick one each. Well, as a band, um, well, we've had uh, multiple people like Bob James, Wynton Marcellus. Those were highlights to Grace's Stage at Harry's and just countless nights of just great music from well-known people to unknown people people from the audience so just the experience of uh, watching music sort of flourish I had no idea coming from Singapore that I would be able to partake of uh, such a vigorous or take a vigorous role in uh, upholding the standard of where I come from with jazz and what I'm trying to share so when I saw the Jerry Montero's and young people growing up it just warms my heart. Tan Weishian, Jacques Rong, Andrew Lim, and the even now 20-year-old people that are coming to inspire me uh, from when Marcellus to this day. I continue to be inspired. Yeah, you've, correct, you've left a real legacy. What about yourself? What was your performing highlight, would you say, in Singapore? Well, uh, we had an anniversary in Harry's, and we were able to bring three of the players from the Lincoln Center Orchestra to perform with wow. us. And... Uh, as I said, I was the band director at the for the NUS Jazz Band at the time. We had a great concert in the CFA, which was our band plus three of those guys, Wes Anderson, uh, Marcus Printup, and Walter Blanding Jr. So I would have to say that those concerts were probably the highlight for me, or maybe it was just having Wynton Marcellus standing on the stage with us. Fantastic. That was, that was amazing. And we have to give the final word, as always, to the drummer before he leaves <laughs> <laughs> and gets us into trouble again. No, what, what is out of time? What, 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 what's been your highlight? More cowbell. Yeah. Um, no, man, I think, I think for me, um, I'll tell you what, two things. One of them was when we did the Harry's Jazz Festival, I got to bring my homeboy in, Brian Lynch, who's a Grammy Award-winning trumpet yeah, player. And, um, and we got to play with the late, great Michael Stanton. That was and and um, who who um, who's uh, who else? That was Keith Loftus Keith and, and Vincent Gardner, yeah. who's so we, in Lincoln Center. Yes, yeah, so we got to do. I got to hang out with those guys, and also 
I think the key, and I think this is a, a key for the locals too, is we got to play. There's nothing better than playing six nights a week mm. to hone your skills that yeah. many nights. That, I mean, because no matter what, no matter what you're feeling like, I mean, I had nights when I was so sick I was throwing up behind the drums and literally and had to get back up and like play while I was and like that because I had, you had to do it. Was you really sick, or was that just your nightlife? No, no, no. I was really sick. <laughs> okay. No, I was born sick. Right. No, right. But, no but anyway, um, I think six nights a week on the bandstand and playing multitudes of whatever music you're called to do, jazz, funk. I learned a lot doing that, just Brilliant. honing my own skills of stuff that I wasn't used to doing. I just had to do it. Brilliant. Well, guys, it's been an absolute pleasure having you in the studio today. And just one more time, where do we get to see you guys perform? We get to see tonight at Maduro 40C, Harding Road, Dempsey Hill. Come and check us out. Rick Smith, Eddie Lehman, May Shun, Richard Jackson, and Christy Smith. Chromosomes and Maduro's tonight. Make your plans now. It's only 1038. It's still very early. Thank you guys for coming in. Thanks, guys. Thank you. Thank you. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download the SBH radio app available on Google Play or the App Store.